0: This is worldradiogardening.com.
1: Well, you're listening to World Radio Gardening. Mick Novell joins me. Uh, Mick is uh, one of the lecturers at the Rittle University uh, College. Uh, Mick, uh, wh- wh- what's your garden like? As a, as a uh, horticultural uh, lecturer, you know, have you got uh, you know, a garden that's uh, absolutely brimming with plants?
0: Well, I mean, uh, I know a lot of people will suspect that um, as a horticultural lecturer, it'll be like a plumber's leaky tap, you know, that will be an almost finished sort of thing. My garden, uh, basically, I, I, a few years ago, wanted to do something different with it. And um, having a, a young boy then of about, I think, seven years old, um, I brought home a, a banana plant from the uh, the university. Just It was an offset of one of the bananas. I brought it in and I thought I'd just like to show him where... Bananas come from. Now, bear in mind, this isn't um a fruiting banana. It's a something called Musa Bazju, a Japanese fiber banana, but looks very impressive and will flower and produce small, albeit inedible fruits. So, with little sort of uh, expectation, I put this in. And of course, this was in um, 2010. And of course, in 2010, we got a winter where we got minus 15. The banana was reduced to a pile of mush. And I thought, ha, that's it. It came back again. And the following year, of course, um, despite its best efforts to grow, it was cut down by a second cold winter. When it recovered the third year, I suddenly thought, I'm going to do something with this. I'm going to look after this. And so we cultivated this and we grew a nice little um, patch of this, uh, let's say little, it eventually goes to about 15, 18 feet tall. And as we started to get more impressive, it really interested me. I thought, I'm going to plant a few more of these around the garden. And with that and some other tropical look, planting we created this space which um now when I bring people in and it's amazing so when any trades uh, come around here and um, let they have a look well, we'll come and have a look at the garden if they have to come out here and even one guy came and he says do you mind if I f- if I film this you know he's filming it on his iPhone he's well it's mad it's mad isn't it because it's amazing the effect it has on people because you, you've by simply using plants which I know to be hardy and they're relatively easy to maintain as well and just careful plant selection you can create a mood and a lot of that is you know for your own garden that's what you should be doing you should be trying to create the mood you want I mean I don't live in the tropics so the tropics has to come to me in the, uh, the summer because as a professional horticulturist I don't want to be spending my whole time just maintaining my garden I want to come home and sit on a Friday night have a drink in it relax you know and when conditions allow or whatever, pandemics allow to have some of my friends around so they can sit and look at it and say how do you do this you know so, yeah, the garden, I know from talking to other people, amazes them. But from my point of view, it's just, it's nice and easy. And it's just my little space to sit outside of. So how many banana uh, uh, trees have you got then, there, Mick? Um, well, uh, that's correct. They're not trees, actually. But it's the world's tallest herbaceous plant, actually. Um, I see, so they, right. They, 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 the Stems themselves grow for about three years, yeah. and then what happens is that we uh, it flowers, and then that's called, it's, called, it's called monocarpic, so it dies back down, but new pups grow up from the underground roots or the underground stem that we call a rhizome so I've actually got although counting the pseudo stems here in front of, just in front of me, I must have 25 just in front of me and about another 10 or eleven behind me, but they're all clones of the same plant they're all part of the original plant which I brought home. Uh, from a sun, but um, it just gives this tremendously tropical effect. Yeah, I mean, people say to, it's got bananas on it, it's got bananas on it, as if we'd never seen a banana before. <laughs> I have to disappoint them and say, but we're never going to be able to eat those because <laughs> they're not edible. Now,
1: could you just thinking then? I mean, could could is it possible to 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 grow a, a banana plant that that are edible bananas in this country?
0: Yeah, but you'd have to protect them in the winter. Yeah, there are some. Eddie, there's one we've been trying at the university. It's called Helen's Hybrid, and it's quite hardy below the ground. But we've had very little success protecting the pseudostems for long enough to produce a flower, because they have to be about two to three years old. The other thing then, assuming you could get the pseudostem big enough to flower, protecting the fruit is a whole new thing. Because these, I mean, I've got flowers on my uh, my uh, Japanese fiber bananas, which have, you know, been on there for at least the second year they've been there. They're almost coming to the end Uh, Now, but uh, bananas take about eighteen months to um, to mature and ripen in terms of the uh, the flowering cycle for them, and so that would be very difficult to do outside of a protected environment. But if you went to somewhere, if you want to see a banana, and you couldn't afford the um, the sort of the fare to go off to um, some uh, distant and exotic place. Uh, you could always take yourself along to somewhere like Kew Gardens, Cambridge Botanic Gardens, some of the other bigger botanic gardens where they actually have bananas um, growing under glass. Um, but I think the thing is, for anyone who, who comes from a banana growing area, that they, they don't seem that amazing. What is the amazing thing is when you see them growing, in, in my case, Colchester. And certainly, I went to Bermuda to give a lecture series in January as part of part uh, of sort of I was invited to go and talk there. And I was talking to them about climate change. And one of the things I showed them was my garden. And they were all saying it must be like a busman's holiday. You come in here <laughs> saying, "Well, you know, they look the part, but you can't eat them." You know, but yeah. um, it, 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 it's the context. I think if you can walk into a small courtyard back garden in the centre of a town in, in East Eastern Britain, and Walk in, and suddenly you're transported into this place that makes you feel like you're in the tropics. That's, that's why I do it. It's an easy trick, in a sense, a cheap trick, you know. But then all the best horticulture is a little bit of theatre outside.
1: I'm just thinking as well, then, your you're part of the world, uh, sort of uh, around uh, Colchester and, and, and Essex more generally, it's uh, one of the driest parts in in, in the country. So, so, do these take up massive amounts of water in? <laughs>
0: Um, Bananas are sort of quite gross feeders and um, uh, heavy in the sense of water, but because I've got a courtyard garden, because there's an awful lot of um, paving stone down on it, um, obviously it rains, uh, some of that runs off, but some of it trickles through, but there's quite a lot of root run for them to to get there. So they're not competing with a lot of other things, but they do need water. Um, and um obviously some of the other things I've got are in pots you know so I need to you know get recycled water and things to put onto those to uh, to keep those going and um, but a lot of the things I've got are really um things the, the things in pots you know it doesn't matter to get a little bit on the dry side because having them too wet is uh, if it gets cold it's not what they want so again it gets down to just choosing the right sorts of plants I mean sometimes you can put together combinations of things you know I've, I've got uh, Spider plants growing outside, for instance. People are always staggered that they're hardy. They are relatively hardy, at least in the south of England. And some of the other salvias and things which I choose to put with them, they have this sort of tropical look. But they um, they, they are relatively easy to maintain. Um, the, the trick I've found, though, is to try and keep things outside all the time. All this bringing things in and out again. Uh, apart from the fact i haven't got a glass house here so i'd have to transport them into work and overwinter them it's just too much work try and find things that work for you and um it's the fact that it's dry here it can be as much a sort of a burden as a, as a bonus because it does mean you have to keep things in pots watered but other than that it's, it's really uh, not problematic